Would you bow with me as we pray to the living God? Almighty God, who gives endurance and encouragement and who makes us one body through your Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence among us. As we come together today as one body of all ages, give us the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, we may glorify you, God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so excited for today. We're so excited for today. We've been longing for this day and awaiting it with eagerness. We've done a lot to prepare, um, and in our preparations, we hope that you are blessed. As we prepared, I was asked to come before you and answer one question. That question is, why is it important to come to church? If that's a staggering question to you, me as well. Um, the thing about that is that I've been given 10 minutes to answer this question. So I'm going to ask that because I won't have the time to really get to know you as I'd like, to throw in the humor that might make this more fun, um, and to illustrate these points fully, I ask that you would lean into this moment with me, that you would lean into the presence of God with me, and that over the next few minutes, eight and a half probably, that we would be able to think about this question and maybe answer what the church is. Um, the truth is, as I thought about this question, why is it important to come to church, I began to get more and more disturbed by the fact that any of us might even be asking it. It made me think that if we're asking why this is important, we have forgotten what goes on here every Sunday morning. We have forgotten the wonder at the sacredness of this moment. We have forgotten that we are transformed here, that we have forgotten the way that Jesus Christ, our Lord and King, makes himself present and meets us here, and that we may have forgotten that we are a people sent out from here carrying the kingdom of God to the world, and we cannot do that alone. So maybe you haven't forgotten, but maybe you've heard it so many times that it's become dull, or maybe you've never heard it before. But I want to talk about what's going on in this moment with, between us right now. Would you all stand with me for the reading of the word? This is Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Now church, listen specifically to this part. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Did you catch that last part? How many of you know that this is the greatest compliment that the Apostle Paul has ever given you? How many of you know that at one point in history, Christ walked the earth in flesh, in a body? But that now, because of his resurrection and ascension, it is here 
in this expression of all bodies of all ages coming together that the body of Christ sits in the very seats that you sit in right now. This is huge. And I think we forget it often. And I want to submit to you that maybe this is the reason that we should first say that it's important to come to church. Because who would miss out on being the full expression of the body of Christ? So as we gather, and when we gather, I want to submit to you that Jesus is uniquely present in our gathering in a way that he is not throughout the rest of the week. He actually promises this, and he says in Matthew 18, for where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with them. When was the last time that you believed that on a Sunday morning? I want to submit to you that in the way that there is a vertical connection between us and Christ because he promises to be present with us, there is also a horizontal connection between the body as we come together as the body of Christ animated by the Holy Spirit. And I would submit to you that that is something that you do not want to miss out on. Coming from here, as we gather, once we have the body of Christ gathered, we proceed into communing. And when we come together as a body, we are shaped and transformed by our communal habits. We could call these the liturgies. The liturgies, liturgies that we speak, they change us. And if liturgy sounds like a little bit of a word that is too old or uh, maybe a little bit too Catholic, I just want to submit to you that all I'm referencing is the prayers and the songs that we pray that orient us towards Christ. And to, to give an example of this, I ask that you would say the prayer that we often say together as a body, the Lord's Prayer, with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Church, I, wanna, I want us to notice three things about this prayer. A whole sermon could be preached about it, but I just want us to notice three things. One, that this prayer begins by orienting us towards God, as our liturgies should do. It begins with a direct address to the God of gods and the King of kings. We just spoke to him. Did you recognize it? Two, it is meant to be rhythmic, habitual, and daily. It's almost as if Jesus knew that we were creatures of habit and that we needed this reorientation towards Christ. So not only do we do this every day, but we come together weekly to reorient through the prayers and the songs that we sing as a people. And that brings us to the third piece of this prayer that I want you to recognize. It is communal in its very nature. Our Father, deliver us, lead us, right? And so I want to submit to you that when we commune as the body of Christ together, we are transformed by these words that we speak as a body. But I also want to tell you that when we commune, the pinnacle of this time is in the middle of the worship when we come to the meal, the meal that is the body of Christ broken for us. This is why you are really here. So as we move from worshiping and speaking and praying, we move into the meal that Christ brings to us. And this is the sacrament of the church. And what I mean by sacrament is simply an outward invisible sign 
of an inward and invisible grace, that there is a reality here that Jesus is present with us again, especially in this meal in a way that he is not in other days. He actually promises this as well. And so I will read from John 6, 53. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. You see, church, most meals that we eat, we take the food into our bodies, and our bodies turns that food into a further extension of us. But with this meal, we eat the bread and we drink the wine, and we, our bodies, are transformed into his. And so, having come together as the body of Christ, and having partaken in the body of Christ broken, we, as the body of Christ, are sent into the world to carry the kingdom of heaven. And this is where I'm going to get really practical with you. I've just gone on a little bit of a journey really asking you to press into the presence of God that is here with us right now. But I also want to talk about how this multi-generational community is not only essential for having the whole body of Christ together, but it's also essential for this piece of being sent. We learned this very quickly as the university ministry we tried to do uh, some service projects on our own, and they went well, and we were able to bless people. But what I saw was that we were a bunch of young 20-somethings trying to come into Abilene and find where people needed help and then go and serve them. We had a lot of energy. We didn't really have an idea of what the need was, and we didn't have the ability to create long-lasting relationships like this church does. And so I want to submit to you that as a body coming together today, we not only represent the full body of Christ, we not only partake together in the body of Christ broken and are transformed, but we also are sent fully as the body of Christ so that we might be able to go into Abilene and that we might be able to carry the kingdom of God there. And I'm going to say that we need each other for that. We need the long-established relationships and community of Highland, and perhaps we need the young energy and the fullness of the expression of wanting to just be involved and come alongside those who we can see live out the kingdom and live out the gospel, but also those who we know we can join because they're doing good work already. Finally, I'll submit to you that we cannot even understand or grasp the fullness of the love of God unless we come together as a body. We don't have the power of Christ unless we do it together. And I'm not going to ask you to take my word for that. Instead, as I leave you today, I want to leave you with these words that have been spoken by Christians for centuries. It's Ephesians 3, 14, and it says, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, church. Good morning, church. So last year, when I was coming to college in a new city, in the middle of a pandemic, there were lots of feelings of loneliness. I was immediately searching for some sense of home or family here in Abilene, and I quickly found that within Highland University Ministry. This place and these people have given me the space for all of the things I need. The space to laugh and to cry, to dance and to mourn. In all the little moments at university ministry events, I just kept feeling that sense of community that I was so eagerly longing for. Whether that was participating in worship at the Acre, being a part of a dig or a discipleship in groups community, attending workshops on prayer and scripture and Sabbath, I was being challenged and growing spiritually in ways that I never really expected of myself. Every time I have gathered with these students, I have felt like I can slow down and take a deep breath. Then I started to participate more in the larger congregation of Highland as a church body, coming to services, working with his kids on Wednesdays, and one of my favorites, participating in the Connect with One program during Lent this year. I am still going for a walk almost weekly with the woman I met this April. Just like every relationship I have found here, I am continuously noticing that members are just eager to do life with one another and with Christ. With all that being said, I am so excited for this new season in Highland University Ministry. We have been so blessed by our time at the Acre these past months, but we are so eager to reintegrate here at the church. Generational diversity is not only a necessity of the body of Christ, it is a glimpse into what heaven is like. Being a part of the Highland Church body awoke a new desire in me to become involved. Seeing who Christ is working in the world and the people around me made me eager to be a part of it. One time this was most prevalent was during fall retreat with university ministry, and it's also really special because it pretty much changed the way I look at communion. If you'll notice by Riley's example, there are just some college students that are really excited about communion now. After retreat, every time I take communion, I am struck by the newness of the meal and of the idea of living in communion. Partaking of the bread and the cup is not just a thing that we do, it is a lifestyle that we adopt. Just like being a disciple is not something that you do, it's who you are. In the same way, this meal is not just one thing that we participate in on a Sunday morning, it's changing who we are becoming every day. And so, church, we want to serve you today as your fellow disciples, living in communion together. Students, if you've been asked to serve this morning, go ahead and find your place. We're going to pray and then find the closest university student to receive communion and a blessing from them. If you want to return to your seats, you're welcome to do that. And you're also welcome to take communion in community in the space provided to the side. And if you're needing to stay in your seat, someone will find you and bring communion to you as well. Let's bow. Lord, what a privilege to come before your throne of grace and partake of the precious sacraments of bread and wine. You alone are the living God, worthy of all of our honor and praise. 
We praise you that we are included in your gracious forgiveness. What a joy it is to fellowship with you, Lord, and to commune with others. Communion in this place is sweet and beautiful. We pray that we may receive your abiding joy and be reminded of your generous peace. You have stooped down to save us, and in this great sacrifice, we are bound together as the devoted body of your church. And so we bow together in grateful remembrance of your body broken and your blood shed. Amen. Highland Church of Christ, we want to be seen by you, but we also want to see you. This is the beginning of our promise that in communion, we are being transformed into one body, and we are excited to continue catching this glimpse of heaven. The body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Highland, I missed you so much. I have been eagerly awaiting this day, and we have been eagerly awaiting this day. As the university ministry reintegrates into the main body of Highland, my hope is that we create points of connection that encourage and foster relationships with one another. That's so exciting. Intergenerational relationships are so important, and we can talk about how important they are and how important they are to me all day. But what it really comes down to, and at the end of the day, what I want to share are practical ways that we can go about fostering these relationships with one another. I crave to be known, and I crave to know you. And I know that that is so true of the students in the university ministry, that they crave to be known by you, but more they want to know who you are. Because you are the church and we want to know the church. And I know just the same that you crave to know the students and you crave to be known by us. And the first step of being known is recognition. And recognition's first step is probably knowing somebody's name. So one practical way that we can start these relationships is learning each other's names. I really want to encourage you to go up to one student. You only have to do one and remember their name. And then say hi to them next week when you see them. And I know there are a lot of overachievers in the room. I don't know exactly which ones you are, but I know that there are some, and you're going to want to learn five. And to that I say, go ahead, go do it. Perfectly fine. The more the merrier. However, I know that that can be kind of scary. So one is going to make all the difference. And then next week, you can learn another. I kind of lied, though, because you're going to learn two today. I'm Isabella. I'm Isabella, and I'm from San Jose, California, and I'm a junior at ACU. I'm a liberal studies major, but my main focus really is Bible. And I work with Highland in the ways of doing DIG, which is our discipleships in group. Um, I am a go-to leader, and I love it. And something that I'm really passionate about is diving into the Word with people, I really, really love when people have questions and we can go and find those answers together in the Word. That is something that totally gets me like happy and excited and something I really love to do. 
And there are ways at Highland that I can use that passion to serve. And I don't really know what they are yet, and that's okay. But that leads me into the next practical implication, and that is to share those things that you are involved in. Because guess what, Highland? There are 86% of you, which is amazing, praise God, that are involved in ministry in some kind of way here at Highland. 86%, I mean, that's crazy, come on. And there are students in the university ministry who want to serve. And they want to serve with you. Intergenerational worship and relationship are two very important things, but they are paired with intergenerational service. We can't be a church divided between university ministry and the main body and not serve together. And we want to serve with you and we want those opportunities, but we don't necessarily know what they are. So my ask is that when you meet one of the university students, that you invite them to serve alongside you. We want to serve together. And that's the best kind of relationship that we could ever have, is one in service. And with that, university students, I want to encourage you that after this, we are going to have a lunch out right outside of these doors in the gym um, so that you can meet some of the people that are here at Highland that want to know us. And I know that meeting people can be scary. I'm an extrovert, so really for me it's not too bad. But it is hard when you know that there is a time limit. University students here are typically going to be leaving within three years. And it can be kind of nerve-wracking to pour yourself and invest yourself into these relationships that you know have an end. But they don't. I know that there are going to be students who leave Abilene after they graduate. And there are some that are going to stay here, but a good majority of them are going to leave, and the next ones are going to come in. And it's hard to invest in relationships that you know are ending. But these investments that you make now here are not going to end because of physical distance. I mean, people come back, but even farther than that, these investments that you are making now are going to be relationships that you keep in the kingdom. We're all going to that table, and I would really love to know the person who's sitting next to me. We want to know you. We want to be known by you. And that first step is recognition. We are so excited to be back here at Highland with you and to start those relationships and start serving with one another. We are so happy to be back.